0: I never want to get numb to that. I never want to just show up, ah, yeah, Jesus. No, 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 no. I don't want to be that church that we get numb to that. We're going to always declare, thank you, Jesus, that you died in our spot that you gave your life for. So I'm titling today's message. It'll make sense in a second. Murray Christmas. Murray Christmas. Come on, tap your neighbor say, Murray Christmas, you filthy animal. Go ahead. Tap your neighbor that you picked second and say, I love you and I'm so glad you're sitting next to me. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. You can have a seat. Have a seat, have a seat. Man, I'm so glad you're here. So thankful for you. Again, you may be visiting, and there may be uh, this may be your first time at church in a long time, or maybe, maybe you're at church every single week. I just want to tell you, I'm so glad you're here and we are kind of finishing up a series today i will talk a little, talk a little bit more about it on friday a little bit but it's this idea of all i want for christmas is blank and we've talked about the things that literally were given to jesus At his birth, or not even at his birth, I'll wreck your theology in just a second about that. But before we get into that, I would love it if I had a chance just to tell you about Friday night. I want to encourage you that this Friday night, Christmas at Purpose, I want to encourage you to be here. And the reason why we wanted to just move it to a Friday night, just to kind of share with you the heart of why we wanted to do that, was the fact that guess what? There's a lot of people who are lost and do not have a church family or do not know God. And what our services are geared towards. We want to gear our services towards people to know Jesus. And so we thought, okay, there's a lot of people that probably already have plans. Maybe they don't know Jesus, but they already have plans. On uh, Christmas Eve so why don't we leverage a couple nights before and do whatever we can to say hey it's gonna be a blast it's gonna be a, a, a party it's gonna be a great night that we honor Jesus it's gonna be special you're not gonna want to miss it and so I'm gonna invite you to invite somebody to be sitting with you this Friday 5 7. do not miss it but be here and have somebody with you are you good with that yeah. about six of us I said y'all good with that yeah. all right good 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 and then I want to tell you about something I told you about a couple weeks ago and I've told you this before, we are at a cusp in our church of, exci- I mean, it's exciting, y'all. This is crazy what God is doing in this place, and I'm excited. And we are just telling you, we are tracking towards, we need to go to another service. need to add another service so that we can fit more of your family, your friends, the one more outside of these walls in this place. And I want to tell you that, again, uh, uh, the, the area that we are going to make sure that is staffed extremely well, that has more than enough hands to be able to serve a bunch of uh, people is our kids at Purpose Kids. And so I'm going to ask you, maybe you've been sitting on the sideline for too long. Maybe you've been like, ah, you know, I'll get involved one day or I'll figure it out. I'm asking that day to be today. And I'm going to ask you today that you would take your cell phone out. I know it may sound crazy to do that in church, but you would text the word PK Team, all one word, to the number on the screen, 270 229 6488. That lets us know that you are interested in joining the kids' team. And I'll just tell you, there's nothing better than watching a. I love watching these kiddos come in here on a Sunday, and they get to watch what happens when their friends have met Jesus, and they get to go public in their faith. I think, I'm telling you, you get to be a part of that. And you're going to want to be a part of that So I'm asking you as your pastor If you've been sitting on the sidelines too long Wondering what team should I join Wondering what should I do How should I get plugged in I'm going to tell you this is the way to do that All right. So I'm going to invite you to get your phone out Text PK team to that number And we will get in contact with you We'll let you know exactly what that next step looks like But I want them to be almost overloaded with people So I don't see many cell phones out right now But I'm going to tell you I'm going to do that in a second aren't you You'll do it in a second, because here's the thing, I want that to be something that, again, doesn't stop us from going to three uh, three services on a Sunday to reach one more kid. And again, I'll tell you, what's going to happen on January 26th is we start putting shoes on kiddos' feet, we start blessing families, and we need to make room for one more to come. Come on, we believe that? Amen or oh me? Come on, let's think about that. All right, cool. So... Now I want to experiment really quick, I want you to close your eyes for a second, I want you to think about it, this is all skate, I want everybody to participate, and I'm not going to keep you eyes closed long, but I want you to think about something for a second. For just a second, I want you to think, when I say the word nativity scene with your eyes closed, what are some things you see, okay, you don't have to say them out loud, but just close your eyes for a second, just imagine for just a second what you're looking at. Everybody got a good visual? Everybody okay? Okay, now open your eyes, y'all be asleep too long, you know what I'm saying, don't do that, okay? Okay. How many of us, really quick, this is all skate, I want you to respond, you can raise your hand, wave it at me like you do care, okay? Uh, how many of us saw a, a stable with like a pointed top in the middle? Anybody out there? Okay, I'm with you. I saw you, I'm, I'm, I'm there. How many of us saw, um, how many of us had a sheep in our vision? Anybody there? Anybody had a sheep there? Okay, how many of us saw Mary and Joseph? Anybody? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of us saw a cow? Anybody cow in their vision? Just a couple of us, all right? Got it, all right. How many of us saw a camel? Okay, yeah, 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 I saw a camel, so I'm with you. How many of us, let's just get to the main part. How many of us saw baby Jesus in a uh, uh, in a manger? Anybody? That's good. That's the main part of the whole story. I'm glad you thought of that, right? Glad that you saw that. How many of us, just really quick, how many of us saw uh, a, a guy that looks like Jafar? Anybody else think that the Magi and the wise men look like Jafar off of Aladdin? Just me or my ADHD? I don't know. Anybody see some Jafar type men around holding some gifts, some presents? Anybody out there? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And I think a lot of times when we think nativity scene, when we think Jesus being born, that's the picture that comes to mind. That's the visual that happens. And I I hate to do this to you today, but I actually want to wreck your theology a little bit about a few things, especially those wise men that happened to show up uh, at the birth of baby Jesus. But in fact, it wasn't actually at the birth that that happened. I want you to see something. It actually was a little bit later on. Did you know that? If you didn't know that, that's okay. I'm glad you're here. I I I want to talk to us about that. They actually showed up a little bit later on. By the time that these wise men had traveled all the way to where they got to where Jesus was, what had happened was that you got to understand that Jesus was not a baby in the manger in a barn out back. He was actually, according to a lot of scholars, uh, about 18 months to 24 months old. And the Bible says that these grown men bow down to a toddler. Come on, you know that's a miracle in the first place. Come on, how many of us have ever been around a toddler? Anybody out there? Come on, anybody have a toddler? Come on, I, I got two that just made it out of toddler stays. Now they're in the terrible, I don't know what's after the toddler stays, but they're wrecking everything, you know what I'm saying? Like like we have twin girls that are, uh, that are three, so they're just out of the to- How many of us have ever seen a toddler throw a fit? Come on, wave at me, if that's anybody in the room. How many of us would be honest and say, you know what? I used to judge people that let their toddlers throw a fit in the room. Anybody? Okay, I'm the same way. Restaurant, don't matter. I mean, you're in a a mall or you're at the grocery store. You're at Kroger's with an S. Like, you know, you're anywhere and a toddler starts throwing a fit. Come on, how many of y'all be like, man, will somebody shut that kid up, right? Man, will y'all calm that baby down? And I did that. You know what I did? I would judge people hard. You know what I'm saying? Before I had a toddler. Anybody been there? You know what I'm talking about? Before I had a toddler, I'd do that. Now, I've had toddlers. We've had four kiddos that have made it through the toddler stage. Praise the Lord, right? But now, and I've always heard that you're never supposed to like negotiate with a terrorist. But when you're a parent and you've got a toddler that is throwing a fit up in the restaurant, If you got a toddler that's throwing a fit in the grocery store, you know what you do? You're doing anything and everything. You can have my phone. You can take it. You can have candy. You can have a brownie. Yes, we can have ice cream. Sure. The keys to the car. You can have a pony. I don't care. Whatever you got to do, just please stop. Come on, anybody out there. Is that anybody out there? That's that's what I'm thinking when it comes to, to parenting a toddler. Can you imagine for a second these grown men coming and bowing down to a toddler? I want us to understand something really quick. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus was throwing a fit, okay? I'm not saying that. But I am saying you gotta, you got to just put yourself in this moment right here of what takes place in Matthew chapter 2 that the Bible says that they entered the house, saw the child with his mother Mary, they bowed down and worshipped him, then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These are pretty unusual gifts, right? But actually, if you go and study it as we have over the last couple of weeks, you'll find out that these have some pretty big significance for who Jesus would become and what Jesus and why Jesus came. Anybody ever gotten an unusual gift for Christmas? Anybody out there? I think we all have. And now you got to, again, think about this story where they're bringing gold to Jesus and gold was of great value, it actually usually was meant uh, for wealth and power And literally was kind of reserved for the kings. So what you got to understand is they brought this to Jesus. They're uh, affirming the fact that he he is going to be a king. That Jesus has kingship. Like that is from the very beginning they're showing this to be true. The next thing we talked about last week that Pastor Damien talked about was frankincense and frankincense was usually used in the temple religious ceremonies what you would find out is that the high priest would be the one that had the authority to do that and it kind of signified the presence of god and so what you need to understand is that jesus not only was he the king not only was he that he also was by this gift being brought to him another confirmation and affirmation that he was our great high priest And come on, is anybody thankful that he made a way, built a bridge between us and God, and it's only by Jesus, right? That's what we talked about last week. This week, I want to talk to you about this stuff called myrrh. And myrrh actually related a lot to, back then, to suffering and to sacrifice. What you need to know is that myrrh is like a gummy-type substance, kind of a sticky substance that was used for anesthesia, to numb some pain. That's kind of one way it was used, but the most way that it was actually used was actually to embalm the dead after they had passed away. So what you need to understand, that's kind of an unusual gift to bring to a baby, right? Wouldn't you think? Kind of a little bit unusual, but in fact, what it was doing was it was a pointer. It was a foreshadowing. It was a a prophetic gift that what Jesus would eventually do is go and he would die on our behalf on the cross so myrrh from the very beginning is being brought to this little baby, and not baby, this toddler, and brought in front of him because it's a prophetic gift saying you will be the suffering servant, the Lamb of God who was sent to die in our spot. So what I want us to see now, what I want you to write down is that from the very beginning that Jesus, we see from even right here, these gifts that were brought to Jesus, that Jesus was born on mission. That Jesus had a mission for coming. There was a reason why, there was a purpose for why he came. And again, the myrrh may seem unusual as a gift, but in fact, this was actually fulfilling prophecy and foreshadowing, even at Jesus' birth and as he's a toddler, that he was born on a mission. What you find out is that all throughout the Old Testament, there is this mission being talked about of what is to come that there is this mission that's happening, that there is this Savior that's going to come, and there's pointers all to Jesus all throughout the Older Testament, But none, I think, more specific than in two places. One is Psalms 22. Go and check it out. Read it this week. It's right before Psalm 23, obviously, okay? But like Psalm 22 talks about a very graphic detail uh, of a prophetic word of what the Savior would look like when he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed and when he would go to the cross. But another one that happened is in Isaiah chapter 53. And maybe you've heard this before. We read it at the beginning of today. Isaiah 53, this happened 700 years before Jesus' birth. Okay, so what I want us to understand is that that's called a prophetic word. That it came 700 years that Isaiah prophesied. He predicted that Jesus would be born with a specific mission in mind. So I want to kind of bring it to today's terms real quick. Uh, How many of us, any football fans out there, come on, wave at me if that's you. Come on, any Dallas Cowboys God's team fans out there? Come on, somebody. All right, then? All right, we ain't had to cheer for since 1995 when I was six, okay? But it's okay. Just go with me for a second. But, like, imagine for just a second that I could predict the Super Bowl this year. Not only the two teams that would be in it, but if you can imagine for just a second that I could predict the final score. Come on, how many of y'all are going to be impressed? Right, we're going to be like, man, that's impressive that you could do that. I know the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Come on, why y'all laughing like that? Come on, why are you doing that? But that's just my prophetic voice today that I'm hoping is going to happen. Okay, okay, I'm going to let you know. Like, If I could do that and the final score was exactly what I predicted, come on, we're pretty impressed by that, right? I'd be like, okay, yeah, not bad. Can you imagine for just a second that the Super Bowl has continued to be played for the next 700 years? And that 700 years from now, I was able to predict the score and the teams of the that are playing in the Super Bowl. How many of y'all know that first one was pretty impressive? How many of y'all know that second one? That's mind-blowing, right? Come on, this means yes in Kentucky. Come on, somebody. Yeah, like, like, whoa. Like, how in the world would that happen? Like, they would be mind-blowing to all of us. Well, that's exactly what happens right here in Isaiah 53, when Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus is born, predicts that Jesus would be born on a specific mission. And we read it, Isaiah 53, verse 4, Yet in our weaknesses he carried, it was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were punishment from God, a punishment for his sins. No, that's not right. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Come on, that's 700 years before Jesus was ever to arrive on earth, that this is prophesied that he would be born, and he had a mission, and that mission I'll tell you about in just a second was to die, but I want you to know, and I want you to see something really quick. Then the Bible goes on to say in verse 6, it says, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've left God's path to follow. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. I want to just take a second right here and break this down for a second. Because when we read that, we probably think, oh, like sheep, that's kind of cute. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, you are cute like a sheep. Go ahead, I got some of y'all a date. I got some of y'all a kiss from your wife today. Come on, you're cute like a sheep. I think a lot of us, when we think of a sheep, we think of something cute, right? We think of something a little cuddly, like this innocent this sweet little lamb. I want to let everybody know today, and I'm just reading the Bible, just talking through the Bible, right? All of us like sheep. That when they say like sheep, that ain't nothing. But that ain't a compliment. All right. I'm just gonna tell you, you know why? Sheep are not smart. Okay. Did you know that sheep are 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 literally have no sense of direction? Come on, tap your neighbors. that sound like you. You know, what I'm saying like you can't drive. You know, I know. I've seen you. You like a sheep. Okay. Like, they have no sense of direction. Like, like here's the deal. Sheep have no defense mechanism. They don't have teeth. They'll just, like, fluff you to death. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all a sheep can do. They get lost easily. Come on. Sheep stink, okay? I'm just preaching the Bible. Come on, go with me right now, okay? Sheep stink. Sheep, if you don't move them from one pasture field to another... They will eat and eat and eat, and then they will poop and poop and poop, and I can't say I, I can't believe I said poop in church. We're going to keep going. And eventually they'll eat their own poop, and guess what they'll do? They'll die because of it. Not the smartest animal. Come on, somebody, right? We, we okay? We following here? Like sheep, we've all gone astray. Okay, sheep have a lot of fear and anxiety. Sometimes they get shared just, scared just because a sheep is standing right next to them. They don't even realize they're like, oh, sheep. You know what I'm saying? Like sheep is right there. Like, didn't know it. They get scared. They got, they're got anxious. They're an anxious animal. They get lost. They don't know how to find their way. They have to be carried home. They get thirsty. And when they get thirsty, if they go to a stream that happens to be moving, what you need to understand is that they will drink in that stream, but they are not smart enough to understand that that stream is carrying them away from the very place that they were supposed to be. And so, come on, tap your neighbor and say, you like a sheep? Go ahead. You like sheep? But I think we should take a a second and just break down how thankful I am that we have a good shepherd who doesn't lead you beside streams of water. He leads you beside still waters that you can drink, that you can be refreshed. Uh, I'm so thankful that we serve the God that the Lord laid our sins of all of us on him. And yes, we may be silly, stupid, cheap. Come on, somebody, right? Right. Me, I'm calling myself that, that we have a good shepherd and that the good shepherd sacrificed his life for his sheep. Come on, if we're thankful for Jesus today, can we take five seconds to say thank you by giving him a big clap of praise? I I just want to let you know that, man, that's the kind of God that we serve and that Jesus was born on mission and Jesus' mission was to die. Now, no, this may not sound like a Christmas-type message, but what I want you to know is that this is the very reason why came, why Jesus came in the first place, was to die for you and me. Look at Isaiah 53, go on down to verse 7 and 8. It says, He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet He never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep, there's that sheep reference again, but He ain't like us, silent before the shearers, He did not. Open his mouth. Watch this. it says. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But watch, he was cut down, struck down for the rebellion of my people. And I'm going to use a big churchy word that I'm going to break down for just a second. We're going to land a plane together. Everybody okay? I say everybody okay? Okay, good. Make sure you're still alive out there. Here's a big churchy theological word and it's this substitutionary atonement I know I'm gonna say it again substitutionary atonement let's break it down together can we do that substitutionary atonement so substitute how many of y'all ever had a substitute teacher come on somebody how many you know parties on oh, when the substitute's in the house come on we're gonna pop we're gonna act crazy we're gonna skip class that's how it just happened on a substitute teachers watch but what you need to understand Is that substitute, what that means is that it's taking of another person's place. That's what substitute means, right? And then the word atonement means to pay for. So what I want us to see, substitutionary atonement means that someone took our place and paid for something that you and I could never pay for. That's what that means. So what I want you to see today is that why this is a big deal that they bring myrrh to Jesus is the fact that it was signifying That something innocent was going to die so that something sinful could live. And I want you to see that. I want you to feel the gravity of that. I want us to feel the weight of that. Because Jesus was born on mission, and that mission was to die and pay a price that I could never pay, even on my best day. right? I want you to hear that. I want you to see that. There's no way that we could save ourselves, it's impossible for us to earn or achieve God's love, grace, and forgiveness. But what I want you to see, and this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture in all of the Bible, Romans chapter 5. If you got a chance this week, I would encourage you today, go home and read Romans chapter 5. It is such a powerful chapter, but these specific verses that I want to read to you, I think have such gravity when it comes to us. Watch what the Bible says, Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And if you got your Bibles, I'll go ahead and turn there. Just turn there with me. Romans 5, verse 5. The Bible says this, that when we were utterly helpless. Come on, you ever been helpless? You ever been in a moment where, okay, helpless is there is no way out. I don't know if you've ever been desperate kind of like that. ever been desperate? Anybody? Yeah. Been in a spot where you're like, I don't know what to do next. I have no idea what to do next. Like when we were utterly helpless, the Bible says, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Come on, that's good news today. Substitutionary atonement. That somebody paid a price that I could not pay. And I want you to see that Jesus was that perfect sacrifice at right, time, just the right time. Christ died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But these next two words, I just believe, are the greatest words in the Bible. You want to see them? Come on, where they at? Let me make sure they're up here. But God. Come on, somebody say, but God. Somebody say like you got something inside of you that you understand what God has done for you. Somebody say, but God. But, God, did you remember what everything was right before that? Remember what was said right before that line starts in this verse? When we were utterly helpless, when we had no way of doing it on our own, when we were far from God, when we had no no way of getting ourselves from this side to the other side because of the chasm of sin in between us and God, because of this huge mountain and valley between us and God that we could never on our own achieve like listen to me even in the middle of that but God but God if there was ever two words in your Bible that you need to circle underline star highlight whatever you want to do it would be right there but God you know why because those two words have the power to shift the trajectory of your entire life I love a good but God don't you Anybody got a but God story, I would have lost my mind, but God. Man, listen, I wasn't going to come to church today, but God. I would have cussed them out and slapped them across the face, but God, come on, somebody. Like, I, I, I would have married that man that I wasn't supposed to marry, but God. I, I would have, could have, should have been dead in that car wreck, but God. I went on on a path that I should have never gone down and stayed longer than I thought I would. But, God, I was empty. I was broken. I was busted in my sin. But, God, I was going to end my life. But, God, I was going to overdose on those people. God, I was going to sleep around and do whatever made me happy. But God, I should have felt comfortable, never felt comfortable getting in a baptism tank in front of all of these people on my own. But God, I got to tell my but God story. Is there anybody thankful that they have a God that even when they were far from Him and He gave His life for them? But God, but God, come on, jump up on your feet if you got a but God story, but God, Come on, anybody got a but God story in this place? But God showed his great love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Come on, is anybody thankful for a God that when you and I were a far way off, that he came, that he lived, that he died, and he got out of the grave? Come on, give him a big shout of praise in this place. Yep. Come on. Stay stay standing for just a second. I'll be done. Stay standing. Stay standing. You and I could never pay that price. Substitutionary atonement. That Jesus came and paid our price for us. But God sent his son Jesus, who came as a baby, grew up as a toddler, was given myrrh as an unusual gift. To foreshadow one day that he would take the place of mine on a cross that he did not deserve. Making a way for us. The cross means that you and I don't have to pay the price that we should for our sin. All we have to do is believe in the one that was sent by God. And I love this passage of scripture. Right here when it keeps going in Romans 5 verse 11. It says, so now we can rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. Come on, say like you've got some rejoicing to do. Now we can rejoice. Rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of my good works, because of what I've done. No, 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 that's not what it says. But because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Can we take five seconds and rejoice that we are friends with God because of Jesus Christ? Come on, let's give him a big shout of praise because religion would have said clean yourself up. Do better. Make it on your own. If you obey, then you'll be accepted. That's what religion would say. But I'm here to tell you that myrrh represents the death that Jesus would die and points to the cross where Jesus paid a price for you and me that we could never pay. Man's way to God is religion. But God's way to reach man, his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Look at 1 Timothy, and I'm done. 1 Timothy chapter 2. There is one God and one mediator. One bridge, like we talked about last week. One bridge who can reconcile God and humanity. The man Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody say, he's the man. He's the man. He's the man. Watch what it says. He gave his life substitutionary atonement to purchase freedom for everyone. I don't know what you walked in this place with. Maybe you have walked in this place and you are bound by your sin. I want you to know that there is freedom because of what Jesus has done. Just like these people that went public with their faith in Jesus, maybe you need to say today, I need a relationship with Jesus. So all across this house, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're in here and you say, hey, I need a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, I want to lead you in something together today. Maybe you walked in here and you've tried everything. Maybe you've done it on, you tried to, oh, I'm going to try and be good enough. I'm going to try and fix this part of my life but yeah it still seems to fall short well the bible tells us that we've all sinned we've all fallen short of the glory of God so maybe you're here and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus even you've been in church your whole life but you've never made that personal decision to say yes to what Jesus did on the cross I want to tell you that he paid a price that you and I couldn't pay and here's the thing if you don't say yes to the price that Jesus paid you will have to pay for your sins eternally separated from God in a place called hell. I want you to understand that. That you will have to pay for your sin if you don't accept what Jesus did as the payment for your sin. So maybe you're here and you're ready to accept that free payment from God today for the stuff that you've done, that I've done, that, that has separated us from God. Maybe you're ready to accept that today. If that's you, I just want to just lead you in a prayer of repentance. The Bible says... And if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So maybe you're in this place. Some of you need to confess Jesus as Lord today and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If that's you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer of just confession. Nothing special about this prayer. But I want you to mean it in your heart and say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you forgive me? I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you gave your life for me. I believe that you went into the grave dead and you came out of the grave alive three days later. I put my trust in you. Be the Lord of my life. I trust what you did on the cross to save me today. Maybe you're here and you prayed something like that. You prayed word for word, but you meant it in your heart. And you just asked Jesus to save you in your life. I just want to let you know that all of heaven is rejoicing. There is a party going on. And I want there to be a party in this room in a second because of people making that decision to follow Jesus. But I would like to know that you made the decision first. If you don't mind, I would just love to be just one of the first people to see that you say, hey, you know what? I said yes to Jesus today. If that's you and you just said yes to a relationship with Christ, would you just raise your hand up over your head? You can raise it up high, as high as you can. I see your hand. Anybody else? Awesome. Awesome. Well, in just a second, I'm going to encourage you Raise your hand, I encourage you to tell somebody. Uh, Maybe you need to grab the hand of the person standing next to you and say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. Would you mind going down there in a second having a conversation with me with these incredible people on either side of the platform? And that's going to take a little bit of boldness, going to take a little bit of a step, but I don't want you just to raise your hand in a second. And whenever do we dismiss, I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to come down. Maybe why don't we do this? Let's not wait to dismiss. If that's you and you just said you need a relationship with Jesus, we got a room full of people that love you you step out of your seat and come down and our prayer team is on either side of the platform and we would love to host you, love to talk with you, love to celebrate with you and give you a Bible, a new believers guide, love to answer any questions that you might have come on, if you just pray to receive Jesus if you just raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to move right now, come see these incredible people up here and you're going to have a church in a second It's going to go crazy for you anyway, so don't feel nervous, that's one way that you can let us know that you made the decision, another way is that you can scan the QR code that's on the screen can let us know that way. We don't just count hands that go up. We count conversations that we have with people that we're making sure that they're making the right decision and made that decision to follow Jesus. So we want to know that you made the decision. So if you don't mind letting somebody know before you leave this place today, specifically these people on either side of the platform, that would be awesome. All right. Come on, Purpose Church. I saw some hands going up. I saw some people saying that they needed a relationship with Jesus. Can we celebrate that today? And can we celebrate the fact that we had, I don't even know exactly the number, 20 people go public with their faith in Jesus today. It's incredible. Hey, I love y'all so much. I'm going to invite you to Friday night. Do not miss Friday night. Be here. Be some Bring somebody with you, have somebody on uh, in the car with you, and we will see you back here on Friday at Christmas at Purpose. Have a great week. Go out there, love Jesus, serve people, and live on purpose. You're dismissed. We'll see you next Sunday.